folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding member, Joe Coughlin, as we are finally here after a long summer, we are doing our football preview show, um, one of our uh, favorite shows to do, just looking ahead at the football season when um, everything's still perfect, no issues, no complaints or anything like that before we get into the season, then, uh, then there are things to look at, dissect, and all that kind of stuff. But um, we're going to do a regular four-quarter format for the football preview show. Um, in the first quarter, we'll just do a big, huge quarter. We might even divide the first quarter, honestly, um, by, uh, you know, just talking about the different teams in the area with Loyola, Nutria, and some Highland Park as well. Um, talk about some big picture stuff, um, roster composition, divisions, all that kind of fun stuff. In the second quarter, we'll be joined by Nutria football coach Brian Dawes. He uh, will give you um, a nice little uh, summary of what he is looking forward to this upcoming fall. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way. Our weekly guessing game is back. Um, and in the fourth quarter, we will dive right into week one. We've got some really cool matchups happening here in the first uh, week. So uh, a lot of fun to talk about. Um, so before we dive in, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Varsity Podcast anywhere that podcasts are available. Make sure you check us out. Give us a nice review. Check out older episodes as well. We always appreciate it. Um, especially when it comes time to the football season. There are a lot of good interviews throughout the season, a lot of good analysis. So make sure you're checking in every single week for those uh, things. And if you missed something or you want to jump back to another episode, um, always make sure to do that as well. But um, let's jump in now and start things off with uh, the first quarter where we dive into our preview. And uh, why don't we start things off with Loyola since we'll hear from Coach Dahl in the second quarter. Um, Loyola, obviously, um, we say this every single year, a powerhouse in Illinois, a state contender every single year, um, lost in the semifinals last season to eventual Class 8A champion Lockport, um, obviously is playing in a very tough CCL blue, um, as always. So um, starting things off, Joe, I mean, just what um, what are you, what are your kind of first general impressions about this Loyola team? Um, heading into a season, obviously, that returns a lot of offensive power, but defensively is missing a lot of stuff, even though it's headlined by um, Brooks Barr, who obviously is going off to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just impressed so far um, with what they're putting out there. Um, you know, I like a lot of the names uh, on both ends of, of the field, and I know some guys that maybe weren't in the lineup last year, uh, who are stepping up are athletic and big and physical and what you expect from a Rambler, um, you know, under the Holosec era. So, uh, I mean, this team's going to be special. I really think it is. And uh, if they stay healthy, of course, a big if, you know, um, you've seen a lot of talk about Mount Carmel um, and Rita in that. Um, well, Rita's in the opposite one, but um, they play St. Rita. Um, and Marist is getting a bit of love too, but um and there's still Brother Rex lingering there too. But I, I think Loyola is the best. That's my opinion of this crew. Um, right there with Mount Carmel, maybe you could go 1A, 1B there right now. But um, I like a lot what they have. And on the offensive end, it's weapon after weapon after weapon. I think you're going to be uh, uh, really impressed with what they can do. And, and defensive end, I think uh, they'll 
those guys, those, those guys will make name for themselves very quickly. Let's start with the offense here. Jake Sterney coming back at quarterback. We saw a lot of good stuff from him. Obviously, he's heading off to Colgate um, after he's done with uh, his time at Loyola. Um, obviously, I feel like the offensive line is never really a question for the Ramblers. But I think the really interesting thing is, what are the running backs and wide receivers going to look like? I feel like, uh, obviously, uh, Marco Maldonado um, missed the majority of last season. Regan is uh, graduated as well. Uh, well, Neiman Shine got some time last season, but um, talking with Coach Hollis like, over the summer, it just seemed like um, he wasn't really concerned about the running back position, was honestly just going to have a big crew of runner, rushers getting in there and getting a chance to uh, kind of um, get an opportunity to run. So with the skill positions on offense, Joe, just what are you kind of looking forward to there, running back and wide receiver-wise, and how that's going to complement Sterney and that offensive line? Yeah, I mean, let's start with, you know, running the football, um, like you mentioned, because, you know, we had Vaughn Pemberton for a couple of years. We had Maldonado back and hit him up, and then Maldonado stepping in the spotlight. But then when Maldonado went down, uh, it, it was, you know, obviously terrible for the whole state not to see him for the full year. But we got to see some guys step in and out of that lineup because Mikey Regan got hurt too. So we had uh, Will Nemeshine, you mentioned the sophomore, Kyan Gibbs, um, did some good work, especially against Fenwick. Uh, and uh, he, he'll be in the mix. He's fast um, and, and just kind of a lumbering, low-to-the-ground runner as well. Um, and uh, Peter Hogan got in a little bit. And then Coach mentioned Drew McPherson, who's a junior, and he, he's given him a lot of credit for his speed, who I haven't seen, so we'll see about that. But you're right. He didn't seem to be too worried. Maybe that's because they're confident in their offensive line with a few returners, including one guy coming off an injury who didn't play last year, who he's really pumped about. Um, that offensive line is experienced, and they're going to be able to run the football. And that threat of Sterney's arm, he can also run a little bit, by the way. I think he had, I don't know, from any five or six scores last year, um, is going to open things up a little bit. I, I, I'm not too worried about their run game either. Um, we won't have that 35 carry guy like Maldonado did against Brother Rice, um, but I think you're going to get some athleticism there. Um, and I think you're going to get a lot of different types of looks. And I know at least Nemeshine can catch the ball. I saw it happen out of the backfield. So um, some of that as well. And for the pass catchers, you mentioned uh, Spencer Ledbetter is going to be their number one. He's slated to be on the outside there. Big guy um, had, had, I think, second on the team in catches a year ago. And then you got the big two tight ends who we've talked about a few times this summer. Jack Parker, the Jacks, and Jack Fitzgerald both going Division One. And he mentioned a third tight end who's having a really nice summer and early fall and PJ Hayes. Uh, I actually got him. He's actually the lead photo with our preview uh, make made a real spectacular catch in practice. So uh, I think they're pass catchers. I think I just named four or five of them right there. And they had another one, uh, Declan Ford, I believe who was injured last year um, who should be stepping into the mix as well. What focusing on Sterney here, just how important is that experience that he got last season? He seems comfortable. He seems like a, uh, um, like you mentioned earlier, he can run the ball as well. He's not really afraid to do that. But um, in that um, Lockport game last year, um, obviously, I think the biggest storyline out of that game was that the defense wasn't able to really get a key stop in that game. But um, the offense kind of stalled it sometimes as well. So, I mean, just what do you kind of feel like based on what we saw from Jake um, in that Lockport game and toward the end of the season, just in what we kind of know about what he's done over the summer, um, what are we kind of going to need to see out of Jake? Um, this uh, senior season 
to get that offense really rolling when obviously you can't just only rush the ball. Sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of things that are important or um, stand out for a return quarterback have to do with decision-making, making the right play at the right time, whether that's tucking and running, whether it's taking a sack, throwing it away, uh, things that are, you know, not positive plays, but you're able to do that and not put yourself in a risky situation. Um, I think we're going to see he'll be able to do that in high leverage spots and be aware of his surroundings. Um, Yeah. And it gets a lock in the Lockport game. He faced more pressure than um, he's used to than Loyola is used to um, with that kind of rugged uh, Lockport defensive line, the big defensive line they put forth, um, put more pressure on them than they're used to. And and, uh, a couple things they couldn't, they couldn't move the ball. So um, I think it'll be, uh, better in those situations this year, another year of experience. Um, the, the weapons I think are there, especially big weapons in the middle of the field with those tight ends, uh, can cure a lot of, uh, ailments. Um, and, uh, I, I think that's big, the decision-making, uh, just knowing when to take it and when to leave it. Defensively, like we kind of mentioned earlier, just about guys having to fill in and kind of get the most out of it. Just, uh, with Brooks, I feel like we've seen Brooks, um compete the last couple of seasons but I feel like this season he should really kind of star and you know get a lot of attention where last year you kind of saw McCabe get some uh you know attention to other guys where uh, I feel like Brooks should be able to just with that body frame that he has just be able to really get through a lot of offensive lines and uh, really create some havoc this season yeah I think he's gonna have a big time year um and I think he's he's yeah obviously he's got the frame he's a huge guy uh so that's a big part of his skill set, and he's talented that way. But he's got some of the intangibles too. He's got a lot of aggressiveness. He's got a lot of um, tenacity. He's an emotion just kind of built in. He's, you know, he's been talking about a chip on his shoulder or on the team's shoulder, collective shoulder, since last year. Um, so he he wants a state championship, and I think he's going to work extremely hard to get there. And that should worry a lot of um, offensive tackles um, throughout the Catholic League and some other teams they're playing. So. Um, you know, you also got um, some other guys uh, that are going to help him out there because he's going to take two guys to stop, right? Um, two guys are going to be there at all times, maybe more. Um, and I think uh, you're going to see some other guys step up and make big tackles around around the line of scrimmage. Um, Joe Kelly, Colin Schneed um, is a linebacker. Kelly's on the line, Ethan Hogg. Um, and John McGuire at safety, that kind of gives him a front-end stud and a back-end stud. Um, he's kind of your captain back there, and and uh, Halasek talks about um, his physicality. Um, so we're going to see some special things out of him, and I think you got to – I, I want to say – it's is it Emmett McCarthy? McCarthy? McCarthy. Thank you, McCarthy. That's not even a name. Emmett McCarthy uh, is going to be a special one at linebacker too, so I think we're going to see some good – some good things out of that defense. I really don't see too much of a step back, even though they're doing a lot of replacing. And uh, if we're talking about, uh, they do have another defensive back game, uh, Georgie, who had a big pick in the Blackboard game coming back to. What um, I feel like just based on our conversation here, I feel like the answer might be a little simple, but what do you have more questions on? What side of the ball do you have more questions on? Is it the offense or the defense just with um, what they'll be able to do and maybe a, a side of the ball that might have like a slower start um, especially in the first couple of games of the season. Might surprise you, but I, I'm just curious about the offense. I don't know if I have, I have questions of how effective it'll be, 
I'm curious how they do it be with all those running backs. Is someone going to step up or is this truly a running back by committee, which is rare. Um, you know, we have teams that do, uh, you know, three wing or options or uh, two tailbacks in the backfield. But if we're really rotating guys in and out, that's kind of rare. And I, I wonder how that'll work. I wonder if they start leaning one way or the other. And I ha- really have no inkling. I really like Kyan Gibbs and um, Nima Shine, but I don't know how they'll be used or if they're fully healthy. So uh, we'll really see. I'm really, I think you're going to need some effective running. And I think they're going to get it. I just wonder where it's going to come from uh, to make sure you can open up those passing lanes. And um, I think their tight ends might be fun. I mean, three tight ends, I think they're going to, they're going to be able to put some of them out in different formations. It's not going to really just be like three tight ends in the middle. You know, they're going to put some in the slot, some in the backfield as fullbacks and out of the backfield in the flat. Um, It'll be fun to see. I just wonder how exactly they'll do it. All right. We talk about this Loyola team being very talented, but um, I think the biggest storyline is that they play in a very talented division um, where, I mean, when you just look at all the different rankings, Michael Bryan has Mount Carmel number two, Loyola number three. Um, Steve Susie at Friday Night Drive has Mount Carmel number two, Loyola three, uh, Marist 11, and uh, St. Rita number 14. Brother Rice not making uh, the top 25 um, in the CCL blue, but um, it is not going to be an easy division and never is an easy division uh, for the CCL blue, but I mean, um, that matchup against Mount Carmel at the end of the season, that Marist matchup is going to be tough. That St. Rita matchup is going to be tough. And Brother Rice is always obviously, obviously going to be tough as well um, with the new head coach there. Um, just what can we expect out of this Ramblers team competing in probably the best division or conference in football in Illinois? I think what we, what we see every year, just really good football. And I think Loyal is, a half a step above some of those teams. Uh, like we saw, I think, I think they're still, um, you know, a step above uh, Marist. And this year, Brother Rice, I thought last year they were pretty even when Maldonado was on the field with Brother Rice. I think they're a step above them. I think they're only equal. And when I say that, it's, it's really kind of, you know, look at it from a step above. If, if you go down in the trenches, those games sure can be swayed. I'm not saying that St. Rita can't beat Loyola. I'm saying Loyola's the favorite there. Uh, against Mount Carmel, I think, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think I know yet. So there's a cop-out for you. I'll completely cop-out and say, I don't think I know yet. I want to see uh, Carmel impressed with them last year, of course, and I know they got a lot of returnees. But um, fortunately, I, I do love the way they set up the schedule, not till the last game of the season. So it's all just kind of, kind of, I think it might work out that way, one of those years where it comes down to that for the Catholic League. Um, but I have a lot of faith in what Loyola can do against those teams. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at where you have, I feel like Mount Carmel might have the slight edge over Loyola just based on what we know that they have and the playmakers they have with Darian Dupree being a junior running back was probably the best running back in the state right now. Yeah, Blaney Daly coming back as quarterback. He got um, a strong defense as well. And a lot of guys that made their starts last season were able to, I mean, they, they almost beat Loyola last season if it wasn't for a last second, uh, you know, effort in that final game in the regular season last year. So mm-hmm. Mount Carmel learned from that experience. Marist lost some talent, but they still have John Nestor who's going to Iowa defensive cornerback and Jamel Howard's going to play at Wisconsin. He's a, um, a strong defensive lineman. Brother Rice has Trey uh, Pierce at the defensive line as well. And Santa Rita, um, 
has a lot of guys as well. Obviously, he, Rita's in the green, but um, Rita has decided to play every single CCL uh, blue team. Right. They're pretty much part of the conf- division this season. Um, but I, I feel like it'll be a really interesting thing where um, I said in my, uh, you know, division by division preview, that game between Loyola and Mount Carmel at Loyola to finish the season, that's the game that probably def- decides who the division winner is going to be. I mean, right. no matter what happens in the first couple of weeks, I feel like that those that that game right there, and then Rice against Marist will also have huge implications. The last week of football is just going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and a lot of things could happen from now until then. Though I, I agree with you, and I'd love to see it. Hope it works out that way. Uh, but you never know. We'll probably get a surprise or two, or three, or four. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you think of that Loyola schedule? I mean, uh, we'll get into the St. Xavier Ohio matchup in the fourth quarter when we preview Week One, but. Um, it seems like the latter half or latter portion of their schedule is kind of not on the e- not easy, but I would say probably on the easier side than the beginning part of their schedule, where um, they got Providence re- regrouping team, St. Patrick kind of on the up with the new coach, and then finishing off with Mount Carmel. Um, I think that Loyola, based on how football seasons go, we want that you know week seven and week eight stretch where maybe they can rest some guys or maybe they can get some. Um, guys a break or whatever just to kind of get ready for that week nine and for the postseason yeah I agree with you um, I think it sets up nice for them if they accomplish what they want to accomplish if they're winning football games um, and then tight battles or, or at least rugged battles against some of their conference foes um, like uh, brother Rice maybe it's tough against Fenwick maybe it's tough against Rita as well even though it's on conference foes then they get maybe maybe a little um, easier road to set up Mount Carmel. So that might be, yeah, that's good for them. But, you know, opening week on ESPN, I mean, it all starts there. We're going to get a good measuring stick. uh, And I will talk about in the fourth quarter, but it's an exciting season. It's an exciting schedule uh, for a team that's going to do a lot of things this year. All right. Let's, we're going to move on over now to our other teams there. Uh, Why don't we start out, move on to uh, Highland park where um, obviously with everything surrounding the Highland park area, um, a lot of uh, thoughts and, uh, you know, tough emotions after a tough summer for that community. And uh, the football team kind of coming back with a, a new head coach. Um, just what can we kind of expect from this Giants team that finished four and five last season, just missing the playoffs and um, obviously under new leadership. And we'll have a lot of, uh, you know, some young players getting in there. You know, this is a team that um, brings a ton of guys back and we're really going to, it's going to be interesting to see how they meld together with another year on the varsity field. A lot of them were sophomores last year. I think they had 10 sophomores starting now they're juniors, but with a year of experience under their belt, I think this team could be pretty exciting. Um, And they're for sure motivated. Look, this is a team that for three straight full seasons, we're four and five. And we know that's a game shy of contention um, for the playoffs. So, and I think they've also gone into the last week uh, with only three wins. So, they got to go through that knowing that they're not going to get into the playoffs, so on and so forth. That's They want to be in contention the whole time, and that uh, starts right off the bat. I think they're focused on their first two home games to start the season. Um, could, be, could be a 2-0 start from them um, and uh, kind of set the tone. Then they got two really difficult games. Uh, it's going to be really tough for them to really compete against Buffalo Grove and Hersey in weeks three and four and before their conference slate. But this is a team with guys back, including their quarterback, their running back, 
their lead receiver and I think uh, another one of their top pass catchers. A lot of those guys go both ways, so tons of athleticism on the field. Um, so can they just put that together? I think the quarterback, Dave Finfer, has taken a step forward in terms of physicality and uh, leadership, which he needs. I mean, somebody's got to lead this unit on the offensive end of the ball, and they're so young. Uh, we're going to need Finfer to be able to do that. And they're going to throw. Um, they're going to throw and uh, hopefully be balanced with a running attack that includes uh, Nico Rosenblum, who's back, and he's one, he was all-conference last year. So I think uh, we could see some fireworks out of the Giants. It's just can they get that elusive fifth win? Where do you kind of see them in the CSL North? Obviously, Deerfield had a lot of success the last couple seasons. Um, Vernon Hills in there as well as um, Niles North and uh, some of the other teams, Main East um, being in there as well. Just where do you kind of see them fitting into the CSL North? Uh, I mean, I see them being um, competing for that third spot, possibly the second if everything goes right. Uh, I think the conference is Deerfields to lose. And Vernon Hills is a good team too. Um, and I think, you know, unless we knock them off, that's where they stay. I think it's really between, they, they, they should beat Niles North. They need to beat Niles North to be a playoff team. Can they do it? I think they lost to them last year by about a couple scores. Um, Niles North was, was a very decent team, just missed the playoffs themselves last year. So can they take that step up and be that third competing for second? Uh, their goal is to win the conference championship. I don't know if they're there yet. Maybe we see a step this year, then a step when all those guys are seniors. But uh, I, I really think that uh, they need to take that step into that third spot, solidify it, uh, and win those football games against the Niles Norris and compete with Vernon Hills. You mentioned their schedule. They start off against Layden and Hubbard, um, then face a tough uh, Buffalo Grove team. They got Hersey. Um, that Niles North game in week five seems to be, like you mentioned, a really important game where you can really decide your success there because what would you assume? They'd probably be two and two at that point. Um, they got a tough matchup against Deerfield in week six. Main East, you kind of figure that's a win, so that gets you to three. Um, so you need a couple wins between Niles North, Vernon Hills, maybe, and then maybe Main West to really get that fifth win there. Right, exactly. And I think, I think they should um, be better um, just with everybody returning. They should be at least – in the same spot. So we're talking about wins over both the mains um, and some non-con victories. They just, can they take that step and surpass Niles North? Um, with all their returners, I think they're in a good position to do so. So that's their schedule that week five, like you said, circle it. It's a big one for them. All right, let's jump on over now. We'll move over to Nutrier. Finished the season five and five last season before um, losing in the first round of the 8A playoffs to Maine South last year. Um, Nutrier getting a lot of um, new kids into the mix. Um, they returned nine starters from last season's team, four on offense, five on defense. Um, Joe, just what are you kind of expecting to see here um, in a team that's going to have a lot of new faces, um, just trying to kind of figure out um, how to take that next step there and, um, you know, kind of compete for a CSL South, but also trying to get out of the first uh, week of the playoffs. Yeah, you know, they want they want to win playoff games. I think this is a playoff team on paper, no doubt. Um, but they want to be more than five and four, get a better seed, so on and so forth, and hopefully win a game. So 
that's their goal. Um, what it takes to get there, I, I do feel like it's going to be an uphill climb just because of so many new names and faces and even more new names and faces than we thought. I mean, I covered the team a lot of last year and I was surprised at all the people I did not know. Um, obviously, we're replacing seniors, but even some juniors are not coming back. We got an ACL injury to Ethan Cummings, who was a big contributor and was slated to be on uh, the offensive end and possibly defensive end for them. And uh, their outside linebacker who played a lot of time, Henry Wolf, is not playing this year. So um, focusing on baseball, um, where he's a, a stud too. So a um, couple guys there that we're, we're going to have to replace. Now, three-year varsity uh, quarterback, starting quarterback, I should say. Um, it all kind of starts there. And it's Patrick Hennigan, who's a sophomore, um, the third starting sophomore in um, Coach Brian Dole's tenure there at Nutria, which I think has been like eight years, which is um, surprising. So um, we're kind of hitting reset on the offensive end, a lot of new names, um, but we got some studs in that junior class that he's really happy with um, that I think we need to see production. And can they put them in the best spots to succeed? To do that, a lot's going to be on the coaching. Obviously the players got to execute, but these are all new guys to the varsity level, seeing that speed, seeing that kind of complications, uh, that that are different between varsity and, and sophomore ball and uh, will they be able to adapt and and simplicity is a part of that as coach Dahl said and uh, I'm interested to see if those guys can shine because I think there is real talent there how important is that non-conference stretch there where you start off the season against Hersey you're at Stevenson you're playing at Palatine and then you got Frem um, obviously with the uh, switch over with that um, mid-suburban league or metro suburban no mid-suburban league I'm right um, but uh starting off the season against Hersey and then getting a good opponent in Stevenson, um, Palantine and Fremd. Um, how important is that time for any team, obviously, to figure things out with such a new group? But um, what do you think of the opponents they'll have to face while they try to figure things out? I, I think, I think they're tough. Um, I think it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a tale of two cities type of, of schedule there. They've got Fremd and Stevenson who are still, um, not where they want to be as a program, I don't think, um, for their size. I think they can, they want to be playoff teams and they're not there right now. So I think Nutria is favored in those games. But then you have Palatine and um, starting with Hersey, two teams that were very good last year. Hersey put up a lot of points last year. Uh, I believe they lost their quarterback, so we'll see what happens there. But it's a team with a dynamic offense, and Nutria had tons of problems on defense last year. Now, Brian Dole, in his eight years, has not lost game one. So a lot of pressure on that. We're, you know, we're going to be at home um, in Winneka. I'm sorry, Northfield. Big game. Um, start the season. That's going to set the tone. Um, I don't think any of those – I don't think victories against Palatine and Hersey are out of the question. But I do think we're going to have to see it, – it's their major leaps for those sophomores who are now juniors and, and leading the program, really, at least in the skill positions. So um, I'm excited to see it happen, but I really think they need to make a statement on opening night. And if they come away with a victory, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. Where does Nutrier fit? And obviously I think we'll need to a couple weeks to really know the answer to this question. Um, but where does Nutrier kind of fit into the CSL South here? I feel like until you knock off Maine South, Maine South is always just going to be the presumed number one in that division. Um, but with, Nutria or Evanston GBS coming off a really good year last season as well. Um, and then you got Niles West and GBN in there as well. I mean, just 
where does this new cheer team kind of fit into the CSL South? Uh, it is yet to be seen just because of all those new names, but I think they're, they're in contention for that two spot. And I think Maine South is, you know, I've had a few birdies chirping in my ear that Maine South look out this season. And I know they made it to the title game last year, uh, but I hear this year is uh, it's a team to be reckoned with maybe even more. So obviously they're good every year. I don't see them losing a game um, this year. I think Evanston and Glenbrook South take a year step back a little bit. Glenbrook South, that was kind of a big year for them. A lot of seniors, a lot of guys coming up um, and within their last year and performing very well, uh, great team. I think they, I don't think they're a, what were they seven and two? Um, I don't think, or maybe they're eight and one. Anyway, um, I think they take a step back and I think Evanston lost uh, their stud who's playing in North Carolina now uh, who played both ends of the ball and they lost a little dynamic, dynamic, dynamicism um, of that offense and defense. And I think that grounds them a little bit. So I think Nutria is right there for that second spot. I think it's there for the taking for any of those teams, by the way. And uh, Glenbrook North should be better, but I still don't think they're there. Um, so I think they slide in right at that two, three spot. Just depends on those rivalry games. All right. Well, let's hear from what uh, coach Brian Dolph thinks about his team. We're going to jump on over now to the second quarter where we are co joined by coach Dahl. Joe, you got a chance to catch up with uh, coach. What are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we talk a lot about um, who those new faces are and who's going to contribute and why that junior class is something to keep an eye on. All right, let's take a look. So how's it feeling so far? You got, it's coming up quick, yeah, 10 days left? it's coming up quick. I think, you know, the, the exciting part for us is we, I've said this, but our junior group is pretty special. Um, so we have a lot of new faces that are, you know, gonna be first year starters just across the board. Uh, but the youth in the program is really strong. And there's, you know, a core of four or five juniors that are really, really talented. As talented as a junior class as I've seen since I've been here. Um, and so that's really exciting for us. And, you know, I think it's just fun to be back out here. Like we said, we know early in the season we're going to, you know, be learning a lot about these guys. And, you know, it's going to be the first time they've seen varsity action. So that's always an exciting time for us. And, you know, you learn a lot about your team. So we're trying to focus on playing fast, being smart, and keeping things not overly complicated for them right now. Because uh, we know it's going to be a big big step up from from JV football for a lot of these guys what's key to that learning curve because obviously there is one yeah what's key to I guess minimizing it yeah I, I, I mean it's simplicity it's not trying to overthink it uh, you know last year we had a three-year starting quarterback you could come out here the first day and you could try to run that offense and you'd have no chance doing it because it would just be way too complicated for, yeah for these guys so the simplicity is really important um, and then defensively, you know, for us, you know, reality is we have more speed on the field this year at almost at almost every position uh, to last year. So, you know, I know we have a couple starters back, but we're almost faster at every single position uh, with the projected starters than last year. And I think when you have that, you know, the, the real key is letting them run to the ball um, and just letting them get after it because they can make a, up for some errors a little bit more than maybe last year's guys could. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll get to the defense overall, yeah. but 
big picture goals do you guys have any have you laid them out yet yeah i mean we want the first game's a big one for right. us so we all you know i told them and i always say this is a joke it's like no pressure but we haven't lost a first game since i've been here and we put a lot of stress on that we want to start off on a positive note so this is a tougher opponent than we've had in some previous years uh, we know that um, but that's a goal for us conference championships obviously always a big one um, and then we want to see success into the playoffs so we don't want to just get there um, you know I know a lot of people talk about you know what's realistic and what's unrealistic like we truly believe we can win playoff games if we stay healthy get focused um, you know in this junior group one of the things I've learned as a head coach is sometimes when your juniors get to the end of that season um, they are seniors you know they start to act like seniors and so this group with with the youth we have I really think can improve a lot um, and maybe more than some of the previous years we've had like we could have um, some early season you know mishaps with the young guys just not knowing yet how to play their positions but as they kind of grow and they move forward you know the reality is like we'd be really dangerous by the end of the year with this group all right, thank you so much, Coach Brian Dahl, for joining us this week. And thank you, as, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight into um, a new uh, school year here. So um, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. Uh, for those of you at home who don't know, I ask five propositions, and Joe and I argue about whether they can happen way or whether they cannot happen no way. Um, so we're going to keep with the football theme in this uh, episode. So first way or no way, Joe, way or no way that Loyola loses two or more games this season? No way. I feel like we, I, I might do this every year, but I guess I'm usually right. Um, I, I'm, I'm real high on this Loyola team. Um, you know, maybe it's that kind of, uh, that feel of having a senior quarterback and, um, back for you know uh, at a team who's usually good it just it's such a big time piece to have in place um to go through a, a, a rugged schedule like that so i'm pretty high on them i think no way they lose more than two um i'm I, I think i might go it's possible i think i might go with way here mostly with that first week matchup we don't really know much about san Xavier, ohio um, I know they lost their first week matchup, but they lost to a really good Ohio team. So, I mean, I don't know if we can really take that much from it. Now, Mount Carmel game for right now is a, is a toss up for me and they've got St. Rita as well another tough opponent. So, um, I think that this team might, this might be a year where Loyola takes some lumps during the regular season, but finds the right, uh, momentum heading into the postseason and uses that for a longer postseason run. But, I think with how good the CCL Blue is this season, how good their schedule is this season, um, I would not be surprised at all if Loyola loses two games um, during the season and then moves on um, to uh, make a deeper postseason run because of that. So um, I'll go with Way on that one. Um, way or no way, Joe, that Nutrier has the chance to finish higher than two in the CSL South. Higher than two, so one. Yeah, that was a different uh, way. Of I'm, saying I'm, that no, I'm, you know, I got to go see him on Friday night, and you're making me do this. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just don't think you're taking it from Maine South this year. Um, we'll see how they take a leap this year because there's so many juniors and and a lot of them first varsity starting action. I just don't see how they compete uh, with Maine South for a conference crown. 
Um, I think they can maybe surprise them a little bit, but they're not beating a team like that in my mind. So no way. Yeah, I'll go with no way as well. I think, like we mentioned earlier, you got to uncrown Maine South before we can start having these conversations. And Maine South has proven that it's dominated the CSL South for a very long time. So um, no way on that front. Way or no way, Joe, third one over here. Way or no way that Highland Park finds that elusive fifth win and makes the postseason? Let's do it. Yes, let's go Highland Park. I think they find a fifth and compete for a sixth. I don't really know. where exactly that's coming, if that's coming from Vernon Hills, or if a Buffalo Grove or Hersey isn't as good as they were last year, which I I don't really know. I don't think they're going to take that big of a step down, but, um, you know, who knows? You never know. And uh, a lot of returners is a big deal for them, but I do think they get that fifth, and I do think that's a playoff team this year. Yeah, I think I'll go with Way here as well. I think that this team can get that fifth when I think the schedule allows them to do it. Um, they've got three really, you know, games that they're probably rather favored in. Um, and then a few toss up games that I think they can definitely uh, compete in. So I'll definitely go with the way that Highland Park can make uh, the postseason this season. All right. Way or no way, Joe, that Nutrier makes it past the second round of the playoffs. Nutrier? Yeah. Uh... I, I past the second round, I'll say no way. Um, I think this team has a ceiling of getting to seven wins, which would put them in a spot where maybe they get a, they're lucky to get a favorable um, postseason matchup. Um, but past the second round, I just don't see it. Then you're starting to get into where you're going to play um, in 8A, some very big potent teams. And uh, I don't think they're there this year. I think they might be building for something like that next year when all these guys are seniors. But I keep talking about that. I want to talk about this this year's teams. I think they're going to be good. I think they have a ceiling of about seven. Um, I think it's probably more of a six or five, but they can get to seven. um, But I just don't think they are more than a second round playoff team. Yeah, I think we just don't know enough about this year's team and how cohesive they'll be where I I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they'll make it past the second round. So I'll go with no way there um, as well. And final way or no way question, Joe, always have to ask this question. Way or no way, Loyola wins a state title. (laughs) In the 8A field that we know nothing about or 8A field that is usually strong and we don't know what the road is. And a lot of comes out of nowhere and is just absolutely dominant. Um, Somebody's going to do that again. Probably a couple teams are going to do that. Um, I don't know who it'll be to be honest, but, uh, I like Loyola and I think I, you know, I'm, I'm easily swayed by big talk and then Brooks bar and company, they, they, they talk about something to prove like, uh, they, they mean it. Um, they're serious and, uh, you know, coming from a reporter or maybe a fan who's like, guys, you win every year. It seems funny, but they winning to them is a state championship or bust. So. Um, I like that. They stay healthy. They, I'll say they win the 8A title. I think uh, I'll go with Way here, just based on the talent that they have this season, um, but with the roster composition that they have. I don't think that the road will be easy this season based on how I, I think they'll probably take a, lump st- a couple lumps down the road in the regular season with some tough opponents, but I think that'll get them ready like it does every single season for a deep postseason run. And um, 
maybe that makes the road harder because they'll probably won't get seated as high as they did last season. But um, I think seating at that point doesn't sometimes matter, especially since IHS does that thing where they rotate it and switch it around and that kind of stuff. And maybe the top seed doesn't get home field advantage. But um, yeah, I think I'll go with the way with winning a state title. I don't think it'll be in the conventional way that they've done it in the past. But I do think that they have the potential to get there and win that title just with the roster that they have this season. Yeah. All right, that's everything we've got in the third quarter here for way or no way. We're going to move on over to the fourth quarter. A lot of great matchups um, around the state um, this season. I think teams are starting to realize, powerhouses are starting to realize that they should just play other powerhouses. And because other teams are ducking them, you got Rita and Mount Carmel playing against each other. You got Marist and Glenbard. Uh, West playing against each other. You got Loyola playing against the powerhouse Ohio team. You got Naz playing against Kankakee. You got Fenwick play, playing against OPRF. So a lot of fun week one matchups, but let's focus on our week one matchups here in the North Shore area. And let's start off with Highland Park playing against uh, Leighton. They host them on Friday at 7 p.m. Joe, what do you expect out of this matchup for the Giants? Um, I think the Giants kind of show they're going to have a lot behind them. Um, they're going to have a community behind them. They're going to have experience behind them. Um, they're going to have motivation on the field, motivation off the field. Uh, I think they, they show out on Friday night and get that big time seasonal, you know, start one and oh, that's where it all starts. You're on in front of your home crowd. You got a ton of guys back. Dave Finn for Rosenblum. You got El, uh, Emmett Pulte on the outside. Um, they got some, and a lot of those guys play defense. So defensive wise, also similarly, I think they really, uh, with that something to prove and that experience, I think that's a, that's a recipe for a victory here in week one and, and week two. So, um, I'm giving them the W. How, what have you, you mentioned, obviously just having the crowd behind them, what, you know, just the emotions of the community, that kind of stuff, getting their first football game, um, with everything that happened in Highland Park over the summer, just what, do you kind of think the emotions will be just with that community coming together, getting a chance as a um, Highland Park community coming together around football? I know a lot of, you know, time sports really serves as a good way to bring people together. So what are the just emotions and just what it's going to be like at Highland Park on Friday? You know, it's something that uh, Coach and I didn't talk too much about. Um, we really just stuck to football. I think that's what they're looking at right now. Um, I think it's important to them um to do that and just kind of this is their this is their time this is their game um friday night's going to be that and, and let's have let's have a community gathering and a football night that's fun and uh how what's the right word you know uh passionate full of energy full of life it's going to be a good night i think in highland park and uh i think uh, the football team is is going to have a a good start to their season all right, we got Nutrier facing off, hosting Hersey on Friday, 7 p.m. in Northfield. What do you expect out of this uh, matchup? And is there just a lot of unknowns in this matchup at this point? I think there's a lot of unknowns. You know, I was talking a little bit, and, and we don't even know who, um, at least I don't, um, which quarterback. I think I think Hersey's got a couple that they can put in there, and they've got some um, talent uh, that can run the ball, and we're uh, – uh, coach wasn't even sure who they're going to put up. So um, we're going to see, and on new cheers end, I think there's so many new faces, but I think you're going to see some stars come out right away from the Trier. I think they're going to score points. Um, some names to watch, watch miles from guys, a beast. He's a junior. He's uh, you may know the name from his brother, Nevin. 
um, three-year quarterback, but this guy's going to produce and he's already getting looks for some college uh, recruiters. Um, they're going to get the ball in his hands because they know what he can do. Um, I think we're going to see some breakaway runs from some of their speedsters. New Cheers got Jackson McCary. They also got Jackson Oxenhurt, the Jacksons in the backfield, um, who are going to do some things and uh, they're going to give get them the ball in both their hands. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, their defense can do because their defense does has his chip on their shoulder. We talked about how their defense gave up points last year. That was a big issue for them, especially just getting the ball back. They couldn't stop drives on any sustained basis. So can they do that to a Hersey team who put up a lot of points last year? We're going to see, but they want to. And I think the want and they're quick um, is big and important. So um, a lot of surprises on that field. I'm not sure what we're going to see, but I think it's going to be a good competitive football game. What do you expect? I mean, how important is that defense just going to be? I, I know, especially in the week ones, defenses are really important just based on offenses, trying to figure things out, kind of get into a good cohesive unit. So, I mean, just how important is that new chair defense and what they do bring back going to be and stopping Hersey, no matter who they start in at quarterback? I think it's, it's immense. It's critical. I mean, that's, that's the linchpin of their season right there. Of course, they want to score points, but if they can't stop anybody, we, last year they had one of their best offenses maybe ever. And they, they squeaked the five and four record out of it because their defense just never really found a groove, never really clicked, even though they had pieces in different spots, never really found their groove. So uh, will they be able to do that this year? We'll see. You know, I think their defensive line is going to be a big part of it with Ty Stringer coming back. Um, they're pumped about their secondary, even though there are a lot of juniors, there are a lot of speed. Um, and uh, if they can do it, that, you know, McCary is going to play over there. They got a Charlie Blackstein who's going to do coverage as well as blitz. Um, from an outside linebacking position. Um, so I, I think it's got a lot of speed. Can they make the tackles? Can they stop drives? I don't know. But you know what I do know? If it comes down to a field goal, they have maybe the best field goal kicker <laughs> in the state in, uh, in Nikki. All right, and let's move on over now to that Loyola matchup facing off against the St. Xavier um, from Ohio, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, St. Xavier following in its first matchup in a late uh, game loss. Um, obviously, that doesn't really mean much when they lose to another Ohio, Ohio powerhouse. But game at Loyola on Sunday on ESPN. Loyola telling people to buy tickets early and the carpool walkover because there are going to be a lot of people there and not a lot of parking spots available. Um, what, are we, what can we expect in this matchup? Um, just, you know, Loyola getting some film out of last week. Um, I'm sure they'll give uh, St. Xavier some film from last season so they can become a little familiar with what they're going to be dealing with here. But what can you expect in a matchup against two powerhouse Midwest programs? Who? Uh, a rumble. I mean, I really do think that. And it's, it's weird that Loyola is going to be an underdog or at least feel like one. And I think to them, they are because it's Ohio. And Ohio is a football powerhouse in this country. Everybody knows it, especially on the preps level. That's kind of the Mecca, right? Um, as well as Florida and some of California. But I mean, Ohio, every kind of buddy kind of knows it's, it's for high school football. So I think Loyola wants to show them something on their home turf. Um, and I think they'll be motivated to do so. Not that they're not ever not motivated, but um, they got some guys that play with passion um, for the Ramblers. So um, I kind of expect a rumble, um, heavy hitting. These are a lot of, lot of uh, college-bound athletes here, a lot of really high-quality elite athletes uh, for their age 
in this matchup and they're going to show it and we're going to see some, some special football. I think it's going to be really great. What needs to happen in this matchup for Loyola to win? Like what is one critical thing you need to have, whether it's the offense clicking or the defense really making a couple stops, just what needs to happen in order for Loyola to get that win on Sunday? I think they have to keep drives alive. I think they have to stay on the field on their home field. Um, and I think that's going to start, you know, they've always been so good at that, right. With those little out routes, they do, you know, the, the 90 some catches Danny Collins had in high school, I swear like 50 of them were just out routes for first downs. Right. Um, do the, can they find that guy? Can they, whether it's up the middle or toward the sideline, do they have that guy to just keep drives alive? We know they like to go for it on fourth down as well, especially in that kind of middle zone. Uh, can they keep those drives live? If so, if they have that running game, if they have those possession receivers that can do that, uh, or pass catchers, I should say, um, I think they'll win this football game. I really do. All right. Why don't we get into the predictions portion now? I'm going to ask for a prediction for the week one game, and I want a regular season and if postseason oh, wow. prediction as well. Um, why don't we start off with Highland Park starting the season off against Layden? What do you think happens in week one, and what do you think happens to the Giants this year? Um, I think Highland Park wins this opener. Like I said, I think they're, uh, this is going to be a, a big time performance from them to start the season. Something like, uh, we'll say, uh, we'll say 33 to six victory. Um, I think it's going to be a big one for them. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I think they get that fifth win. I think they're five and four. Um, I do think it, it probably comes down to that Niles North game. And I think they make it to the postseason. and it's a, it's a very successful season with a very young team still. Yeah, I think uh, Highland Park wins that first game against Layden. They'll win, like, you, I'll probably go around the 24 range or something like that. I think the offense will get going a little bit here and make it 24-3. to three. Um, I think Highland Park squeaks into the playoffs and loses in the first round, but I think it's a good developmental year for a, pro, for a team that's under a first-year head coach and bringing in um, some experience but still some youth. I think that's a good uh, developmental year for the Giants. All right, I got Nutrier play hosting Hersey on Friday. What happens here to the Trevians? Oh boy, man! I this is one I just I am not sure. I just I don't know what Hersey's going to bring. I don't think they're going to have as explosive of an offense. And with Nutrier, they just got to figure it out. They're going to dumb down their offense a little bit, uh, but I do think their defense steps up. So I'm going to think I think they pull out a victory here. Um, and really start the year off right, but I think it's going to be really close, and that defense steps up. So I'll say something like, uh, let's go with 27 to 24. And for the season, I think because of that win, um, that kind of dictates what I'm thinking. I think they get to six and three. Um, oh, and let me see. Would that be seven and two then? Because then they get the loss to Maine South and one other. Yeah, let's say seven and two with that win. They get that win. They get seven and two. And Oh boy, it's playoffs. I, I don't know if I can get them up. Well, what the heck? You can come back and hit me with this later, but I'll say they win a playoff game. They get a favorable matchup in week one of the playoffs. And week one, I think that um, it's too hard to predict. So I'm going to go with a low scoring game here. I'm going to go with the 14 to 11 game, getting an 11 in there if that's possible. Yeah, I love it. Um, but uh, I think uh, you get yourself a really close game. I think uh, Nutri will be able to pull it off with just it being a really close game. I think the first half is going to be ugly, as most first halves are in the beginning of the season. 
Um, but I do think that they'll be able to regroup. Playoffs-wise, I think they'll finish second in the CSL South. They'll finish around six and three, I feel like. I think they'll lose another game other than their main South game and um, maybe add an Evanston loss or a GBS loss in there. May, um, may lose to uh, Palatine, maybe. Um, so I have them at six and three. Um, I'll have them winning the first round playoff game, but then um, losing in the second round. So that's my prediction for New Cheer. And then you got Loyola St. Xavier, Ohio, facing off on Sunday on ESPN at Wilmette. Um, what do you have happening on Sunday, and what happens to the Ramblers this year? Man, I think these two teams are going to lock heads. It's going to be similar to that end of the season with, uh, you know, when Loyola, Loyola and Lincoln Way East played to a, a rousing 3 nothing game. Um, I think it's going to be similar to that. I really do. I think uh, Loyola squeaks out a 13-10 to 10 victory, um, and it's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be a ton of good football. Um, I think Mikey Baker does it for him um, toward the end of the game. And uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be, I think the Ramblers go with that win, man. Um, do I want to just go, they run the table on them or I'll, I'll say they go eight and one. I do think they'll pick up a loss here. That schedule's too dynamic injuries and, and a bunch of other stuff can play a role. Let's say they go eight and one, but they, they march to the state championship. With that week one, I actually am thinking differently. I think offense is going to prevail there. And I think it's actually going to be around a 24 to like 18 or 17 game over there. Just, I think I'm confident in that Loyola offense. And I'm not, not that I think that the defense is going to be bad, but I think it's going to be tricky, at least for the first week. And I think that offense is going to carry things. And against a powerhouse team like St. Xavier, I think that the defense um, might let some things up. So I think I'll go that Loyola wins with like a 21 to like 17 win. Um, to start the season off, um, I think they lose. They will lose at least one regular season game, if not two. Um, I just think that schedule is too hard. People get injured all the time. I think I'm not wishing injuries on anyone, but that's just how sports go. Um, so I think they get that um, one or two loss in there. But then I think they use that as motivation to um, make a deep postseason run, make the championship game. Um, I can go as far as saying that they'll win a state championship. Obviously, we need to know who they're playing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, they have the potential to win a state championship. So I'll definitely put it there, and they'll be going down to Champaign. But um, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. Make sure you're catching up with both of us for all the great uh, football coverage that you need. I've got you covered at Friday Night Drive. I'll be at uh, Mount Carmel and where St. Rita will be playing in their 100th matchup. So that should be a lot of fun. And then I'll be at Maris where Glenbard West and Maris will kick off another top uh, two of the best teams uh, in the state of Illinois covering there. So make sure you're catching up with me and all my stuff at Friday Night Drive. I got a CCL ESCC notebook out right now. So check that out. And as always, check out Joe's work at therecordnorthshore.org. He'll have you covered for Nutrier and Loyola coverage as always and everything else going on. We focused on football this week, but um, all the other sports started as well. So he's got you covered there. So make sure you check out all the work there. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Happy football. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the varsity uh, product of the record North your nonprofit local newsroom.